Happy International Women's Day, wherever you are watching and listening to The Real Kipper and Born Show. We too, AJB, are for a world free of bias, stereotypes, and discrimination. Special shout out to my mom, my sisters, my daughter, and especially my wife, uh, Anne-Marie, who continues to inspire me. At home, yeah, and most recently with our beverage cocktail company, Little Buddha, where she is the CEO, JB. Yeah. She runs it on a day-to-day basis along with our partner, Kimberly, uh, two fantastic women in a male-dominated industry like the, the, the beverage RTD industry, and they are doing a phenomenal job. So, yeah. And, shout and outs there. That's really nice. And then I did wanted to give a shout out to, you know, a lot of the regulars that you and I have here on this show, Jen Botterill and Emily Kaplan. We've had on Sarah Sivy and Katie String, you know, and here at Sportsnet too, we have, you know, Natalie Spooner and Sarah Nurse do such a great job. You know, Haley Salvian is someone whose work I really enjoy. There's just, you talk about male dominated industries. The one we're in is particularly tough and good to see um, some women making some headway there and, and much deserved. One of those, as you mentioned, uh, Allison Lucan, NHL analyst for Roots, Root Sports, uh, covering the uh, Seattle Kraken. Yep. Of course, the Kraken in town here in Toronto to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. She will be joining us uh, later on in the hour as well. Also, John Forsland, great play-by-play and voice of Seattle. And the NHL on TNT uh, will be in in the second hour as well. Saying that, I I believe at some point in yesterday's show, going into the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets, I did mention to you, like, Mm. I don't have a great memory. (laughs) The, the, the half a dozen concussions will do that to me. Yeah. But I do remember telling you, just don't win the game 6-4. And they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> Close. Thanks, thanks to Mitch Marner <laughs> missing the empty net. Yeah, I know, I know. But another game where I'm not sure a lot of tough questions were answered was it just another game? Was it just another two points in the standings? But did it did it lead us to believe that change is coming? Or do you just take it for face value? And uh, I watched the uh, post-game show uh, on Sportsnet. And uh, I think Ken Reed kind of set the tone on, on the post-game when he said, tons of mistakes, but entertaining. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, I'm almost never wrong. Like, just about (laughs) never. But in our group chat yesterday, I was like, this is a shutout game for the Leafs. Like, you know, they got up a few goals. and, And I think you said, like, you know, let's see what happens with the other number here. And I just thought, you know, they had just been through a blown lead situation with Detroit where they let them back in the game. Um, you know, the focus had to be on defense. The goaltend is the issue. And, uh, you know, we're talking about sticks in front, tips, deflections. I, I thought for sure this is the game. It was all going to get locked up on the defensive side of things. Not no. so much. You know, Columbus has been hot. They've been a very good team in this league. They went into Columbus. They left with two They're points in regulation. No good. Columbus is no good. <laughs> no good. <laughs> Come on. They're just I know. not that good. And speaking of wrong, that was Sammy in the group chat telling you, like, boys, Columbus has been the, the hottest team in the oh league for you know, whatever, three weeks. And you're like, yeah, they stink. And 
like, good on them for, for doing what they've been able to do for two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. Because I, I look at that lineup last night and I see third and fourth line kind of role players with the exception of a pure shooter in Patrick Liney. Right. But they don't have an Austin Matthews. No. They don't have a Mitch Marner. And yet you needed the last few minutes to hold on. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I feel after the game completely the same about the team as I did the game before. Like this whole framing of this season was how do we feel this team is going to be different? Right? Like, you know, they've been good in the regular seasons. They get to the playoffs and it kind of falls apart. So let's see something in the regular season that leads us to believe that there's an element there they haven't had in the past. What do you think is different about this team right now? And I don't want to be too critical. They just went in and won. It's great. But what's different about them? I just, to, to me, feels like the same team. Yes. They, offense, Which talent, scores more than the other team. Is the, the, the most disappointing thing. Like in, in the post-game interview, Austin Matthews was there, and I, I just didn't get the sense that that he even looks for signs that they need to change. Like I, I don't know how the uh, the question was framed um, by Sean McKenzie, but it was the focus was, I think, resilient, re- resilient, yeah, right, and how resilient you are. And then it went to fun. You guys are having so much fun, and you're on the bench, and you're fighting are over we who be the touched the goal. Fun show now? No, we're not. Yeah, but I'm, I'm watching this thing, and I'm going, "Did I watch the same game these guys are talking about right now?" Because yeah. I, I don't. I the first thing I didn't. Uh, the first thing I, I don't think about last night is the Leafs being resilient. And the second thing yeah. is, is how much fun can you really have giving up four and five goals a night? Apparently quite a bit. (laughs) You know, I I know you're saying about resiliency. Like, they're the better team offensively. They went out. That was one of the best periods I think the Leafs have played this season to start the game. Like, if you play 60 minutes like that, you go home pretty darn happy about the performance. We know what happened after that. And so they get up 3-0. And here's where the conversation about resiliency feels a little uncomfortable because is 3-0 or 3-1, 3-0 after the first, and it's 3-2 after the second. Yes. Then it's three, three, three you know, yeah, early three in the, minutes in. Yeah. You know that they did score, you know, and they found they scored their way out of it for sure. But which is a common theme, right? Score yourself out of trouble. Yeah. Right. Outscore your mistakes. Yeah. Which was a classic game for them last night. But behind the scenes, please tell me someone's kicking and screaming going, we got to change here. This is not the recipe of success mm-hmm. going into the playoffs. Please tell me that they all understand that. that I don't know. This is, this is okay for now, and it, it, it'll buy us time until we can prove again that we can change. But last night didn't do it. Let's put on our decoder rings for Sheldon Keefe's analysis of the game and see if we hear anything about change. Liked a lot about our game. Obviously, you don't like the start of the second period. You know, that, that goal they score early in the second, that's the... That's a real downer on the on the game for me, that piece. But uh, obviously our first period was as good as we could ask for. You want to follow that up and, and, and keep building on it. We, we weren't able to do that, so that was a disappointing part of the game. But, you know, you look at it, we outscored them 5-1 to one at even strength. You know, they score four-on-four four goal, power play goal, and one with their goalie out. Um, 
So five at even strength. We probably could have had two or three in the second period there. Pucks laying on the goal line a couple times. We had a couple two-on-ones. <clears throat> Thought um, we actually outchanced them in the second period, despite them carrying the play a little bit uh, against us. So, so the fact that we weren't able to get the fourth goal, I thought, was significant in the second period. You know, and then you know, we take a penalty. They they get one, even it up. But uh, love to our guys. Just calm went out there and made plays to get us our lead back. So which one didn't he like? He, he didn't like uh, the 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 Domi uh, first goal. Um, the the first one and the second was which one? It was uh, it was was it Domi's? Well, Domi made the pass to Rosovic to tie it three three. Yeah, but I'm talking the about their first goal. Yeah. The one I think uh, I think Nick Robertson got kind of uh, sucked into maybe cheating a little bit in the middle, and then I think. Domi stepped beside him and got the the long shot on goal. Yeah, the so Corrali goal. I think the Corrali goal. Yeah, was it off Corrali? Yes, it was. Okay, Domi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Domi so Lilligren gets walked to the inside. That, yes, puck goes to the point. Yeah, yeah. So w- great starts, mm-hmm. fantastic starts. Like opponents' heads spinning, kind of starts. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they can't keep their foot on the gas pedal. Not that you expect to play at that that high octane for 60 minutes, but their lulls end up being really the ones that say no killer instinct, no, no finishing, which was literally the conversation at the end of playoffs last year was killer instinct, right? That was what they were trying to find. And can you find that in game 58, 57? Is it possible to generate that? Yeah, it is. When you get embarrassed by the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can. It it's really felt like a game where they should right? have put them away it's, up 3 nothing. It's, it's yeah. also where you are in your season and how comfortable you are. And, you know, have you read too many of your press clippings? Like, there's there's lulls for different reasons. But this one should have been... There There should have been a more of a uh, sense of urgency mm-hmm. last night based on what has happened in the last little while. Best two examples versus Detroit, and then Buffalo at home. So part of me wonders with this, like, so if you look at any of the the numbers, whether it's uh, shots or scoring chances or expected goals, whatever, they were great in the first, mediocre in the second, and bad in the third. But part of where the breakdowns happen for me is that, do you remember the Leafs had Jake Gardner? It was always like, this guy's clearly a great player, but he makes the big mistake. You know, right? He makes it, he didn't make little mistakes like ah, it wasn't a perfect pass. He made glaring breakaways going the other way mistakes. I still feel like that's a little present on the back end, and part of that is the decor feels. You know, Sandine's not in, Muzzin's not in. You got Lilligren paired with Riley. The second goal is the Bjorkstrand play where Lilligren doesn't know where Riley is. Well, they both end coverage. up on the same side, and then it's both too late to catch the puck up. Puck carrier, and they they leave Bjorkstrand. And, you know, we talked to Lilligren on the first one. He kind of gets danced to the inside. It's just like there's these big misses. Like that that coverage lapse on the second goal, they they weren't even close to Bjorkstan. Mike Mrazek doesn't have a chance there. So to me, it looks like a team who, even if they're playing tighter, they're just prone to these really glaring defensive gaffes. I, you know, I, I'm not, I, I think that gets cleaned up with better personnel, Sandine yeah. in, Muzzin in, but. Yeah. It's interesting to hear Sheldon Keefe talking about missing out on the fourth goal i I just i just wish he would say 
We shouldn't have needed the fourth so goal. So they don't care. And I'll tell you that from working with them. They don't. They do believe that the objective is the of the game is to score more than the other team. They genuinely, that is at the root of yeah, one of the I, core I, beliefs I, I of Dubas it. and Keith. And, and you know. We, we see it. Yeah, you do. Uh, Matthews was unbelievable and put the pucks through well, those lickens they, and not in they, uh, twice. It's hard to imagine that Matthews and Marner are playing at the height of their careers right now, arguably the two best players in the world. And you're still finding ways to keep a game really close or lose to Buffalo. David and Dreis had a loss last night and again. Maybe that's an example right now because with the low on the second line with Tavares and Nylander, they are essentially a one-line team. Yeah. And I don't think Robertson's given going to give them any sort of pop to change that. I do think that something has to change. Like, Nylander and Tavares ain't it. You know, I said that on the show, and then, you know, yeah. Willie scored, and they're both great players. They're going to score. Well, let's let's go to Sheldon okay. Keefe on, on, on his big line right now and what he, he sees. No, no secret that line's been dominant for us for quite a while now. In the first period, they were really good. Our whole team was really good in the first, which makes Austin's line and Austin himself that much more dangerous because shift over shift we're just carrying momentum and we're really wearing down the opponent and then all of a sudden Austin comes over the boards and you know it's uh, um, it's tough on the opponent you know and I think if I remember correctly even the goal in the third period the bunting goal you know that's that's the camp flying out there and they draw an icing and and we send out Austin's line in a good spot, and they end up turning that into a goal, which ends up being the game winner. So little things like that when our team's playing well makes those guys even better, but certainly them on their own uh, in Austin in particular, they're feeling it. It's two points a night or bust, it seems yeah. like, though, now. I also watched them ha- having fun on the bench, like you mentioned, and thought they're a line for life. Like, as long as those guys are here... Can you imagine going to Austin Matthews, who's having a great time, and saying, you're going to have to you know, drag a line to some success. You get Willie from now on and might be Kasha, because we believe you can score no matter who you're with. I just don't think he would be happy. Like He is having so much fun. Well, in a perfect world, if you have line mates that you love and trust, which is the, certainly the case with, with Marner and Bunting right, right now, you want to you wanna rack up as much as you can. Yeah. You don't mind... Having, don't you feel like Matthews would score with anyone right now? Yeah, uh, he's one of the, he is the best player right now in the world. He I, is. I, I, I think it, and uh, this run of play of his has been dominant, off the charts. Yeah, and you have to play perfect defense. It was Kuken who who chased him on, on the, the wrap. Yeah, he went, he went to the right side of the net. Listen, and Matthews, he's, like, he's already the best player right now on the planet. Yeah. You cannot make a bad mistake and and chase him on the wrong side or else that guy will just annihilate you. And he's just wired to for goals, right? Like he is just, oh, here's an opportunity to get it to the crease, get it to the net, and he takes it there as quick as he can, a couple of steps. That was gorgeous. The, the only time that you do break them up, JB, is when you're when you're chasing the score and it's not going well, and that was the case against Buffalo, and you got to rob... Uh, Peter to pay Paul, or is it Paul to Peter? It doesn't matter. You get Grabbing my point. One guy. <laughs> but that's what yeah. it an, uh, essentially happens, and it's happened uh, in Colorado with Rantanen and McKinnon and Landis Cog, and it's happened in Boston with Bergeron 
Marchand and Pasternak. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, it will happen with Bunting and Marner and Matthews where you you will have to shuffle the deck every once in a while when it runs a little stale. Yeah, and and you just hope that Matthews and Marner keep an open mind to that, that this is not about them having fun as this awesome line or them, you know, being teammates and it's all or their numbers or anything that like in the interest of the Toronto Maple Leafs having success, there's going to have to be times when they don't play together. And I honestly feel like a Matthews line with two average NHLers is a pretty good line. And then you've got some pretty great players with Marner and Bunting to, to put somewhere else to fill holes. He's that good Matthews right now. So I am curious to see what the, what ends up happening here because you can't run a second line of Willie and Tavares out there with whoever's on the left side and they're 50-50. Well, Robertson goals. now, but you're going to get Kasha back in the lineup. I, I believe we expect him to play tonight. Yeah, Kasha's a game-time decision. Uh, Sandine is 100%, but could probably play, but they don't want to go down. No, he's not going to play tonight. He's not going to play. Okay. No, he's, not, he's got uh, some sort of virus or something that's hit him pretty good. Muzzin skating. It was too soon for that. Let's just stick with the game first. Yeah, or? we'll 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 touch on Muzzin a, a, okay. a little later. But uh, right now, I think for for Nick Robertson, I don't believe for one second. Uh, and and besides the fact that they could trade him or they're putting him in a position to maybe showcase, let's forget that for a second. I don't believe they would ever think that that is a viable option no. in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So no. once Kasha comes in. Robertson will either be back with the Marlies or move down in the lineup. Yeah, a healthy Toronto Maple Leafs team does not have Nick Robertson in the lineup. And that's not because I don't think he is someone with a bright future, but just right now, it I mean, it's just not there. Not there, not yet uh, in terms of an all-around game. Um, so Keith talked about bunting as well on that top line. Do we want to get his two yeah, cents on that absolutely. while we're talking about the top goal. line? Okay, let's hear, uh, let's hear Keith on bunting. There hasn't been a second of doubt really here for quite some time in terms of his his ability to perform on that line and be a consistent contributor and um, and, I, and I say consistent contributor because that's what he is. I mean he he's not there. You know, of course he's benefiting with his playing with Austin and Mitch, but he those guys are benefiting from playing with him as well. The energy that he brings, the competitiveness, competitiveness that he brings, he gets the puck, he's holding on to it, and making a play. He's not intimidated playing with those guys. He plays with them. Uh, so yeah, he's he's been tremendous, and appears to be getting smarter. Yeah, like every time I watch him with the puck, he doesn't make too many poor decisions. And he's never out of the play. And his timing, as we've said in the past, is impeccable. Yeah, their their control over the game is, it's we mentioned McDavid and Dreisaitl, but it's as good as anyone in the league. And he's been perfect in that spot. Um, so, yeah, not surprised to see him doing well. thought we'd get a little plug in for the him. The only thing is if the games get heavier, mm-hmm. where's that line uh, with with the physicality and the pushback because that's not Marner's game and Bunting does try, but he's not the biggest and strongest guy out there. And most often than not, you know, every time there is a, some physicality or a, a scrum, chances are he might be on the ice trying well, to well, you drawing a penalty. Yeah, you, Like you mentioned, he's smart. He enters those confrontations with, Drawing penalties in mind yes. and not like actual F you in his heart. That's but right. He's sad. Or send a message tricky. or hurt anybody. Yeah. Or so then say, I wanted to ask you about this line. Yeah. Like, I feel 
You know, it's like it's like illegal to mention this in Toronto, but they've been a very fir- good first line in the past too. You know, last season they were very good. Marner and Matthews. Year before they were very good when they when they got yeah. a chance to play together. And in the postseason, things dried up. Are we just going to drive into the playoffs and go la 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 la? This is going to be fine this time, or yes, yes, <laughs> okay. we are. You, you don't want to see something else. See, I a plan I, B. There's just no time for a plan B. There's just there's nothing out there, and not to switch gears to goaltending, but you know, there's people starting to throw some names out there and it's like there's just there's no time and who are you going to get for sure that's going to be better than what you already have Mm -hmm. and that's the dilemma here like I like bunting right now I like the line it's produced and everything's great but um, you get a, a against a real physical team say it's the Florida Panthers and they're coming at you and Things do get trickier. They will get trickier for Mitch Marner. The emphasis now is to finish your checks on Mitch Marner. I'm not sure it is. He's tough to hit. I'm just not sure how much it is during the regular season, per se. You can talk about it in a five-minute meeting, but it's different in the first round of the playoffs when you've got days and nights to think about it and you've got a a book this thick Mm -hmm. uh, on, on the scouting reports and the emphasis. And there's less room for Mitch Marner in the playoffs. Yeah. And we've seen that in the past. Johnny Gaudreau is arguably one of the best players in the league right now. Yeah, he's MVP a type heart of stuff. Uh, contender. Okay. Lack of success in the playoffs. Not the biggest and strongest guy. You're kept out to the outside a little bit more. Where is Johnny Hockey going to be this time around in the playoffs? Yeah. So where is Mitch Marner going to be this time of the uh, this time uh, in the first round of the playoffs. And bunting, all bets are off. Never experienced it before, never had that weight of his world on the shoulders, and certainly hasn't had the scrutiny of uh, that, that, that physicality mm-hmm. until he starts experiencing in the first round. He will never get it between game one and 82. Yeah. You know, my junior hockey coach was uh, kind of an old-school guy, and so when we would game plan to play uh, a team in a, in a series the guy, he put the lineup on the board, and some guys got squares, and some guys got circles. And if you were, they were squared, you go, that guy's a blockhead. We don't talk to him. He doesn't exist. They talk to you. We don't hear them. The guys who are circled, every chance you got. Yeah. I mean, in their ear, if it, against them physically, every check. If we have to take penalties in the first couple games of a series to let them know it's coming and it's not going to be fun, we do it. You know, every series that the Toronto Maple Leafs play – Marner and Matthews are circled. They are circles. And from the start of those series, it's a different game. Because entering in game 57, no one says, we really got to put the boots to Mitch Marner. You worry about defending, but you don't worry about that aspect. It's a different sport. It becomes a different sport. And so there's no doubt that it remains the concern and why you and I talk about what's different. What are we going to see that's not the same plan as last year? Can't have a post-game analysis of a game without discussing the Leafs goaltenders. No. Can't. So, Mrazek, if they didn't have a game back-to-back, would it have been enough to warrant another start? I think the bar is so low right now that maybe. Like, I don't think he did anything to make me think that's the guy that needs to keep the crease. But uh, sounded like Sheldon Keefe was fairly happy with his performance. Sounded like Peter Mrazek wasn't all that disappointed in it either. 
Well, win is win, right? <laughs> that, that mattered the most, and uh, that's what we came here, and uh, that's what we're taking home. So uh, happy with uh, with that. There it is. A win is a win. A win is not a win. Happy with, uh, boring with that. show. <laughs> so he, I don't know. What did you think? Would you? Was he done enough to be fifty-one percent uh, in the goalie race? How comfortable you were? Were you in the last uh, thirty seconds of the hockey game last night? Yeah, you. Uh, what did you I, say? Like, do you think they'll get another chance? And I thought they would, which meant <laughs> they'll get another it. really good chance. Yeah. No nervous moments for sure. Has not done enough to earn trust, and I think part of it is that just he's a trampoline. Everything that hits him gets spit back out, so you know it's going to be mayhem. I, I just, I, 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 you still hear as early as this morning on uh, on all our talk radios that uh, they should go look for another goalie, and I'm like, okay, what is truly out there? Okay, besides Mark Andre Fleury, and Fleury was promised when he went to Chicago. They would not trade him unless he wanted it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's necessarily tipped his hand. I think there was a report uh, earlier this week that he did not want to get traded, but there, there is some speculation that they're, 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 he could be posturing for the right deal. But let's, let's just throw this out there. Marc-Andre Fleury tells Chicago, I got two teams I, I'll, I'll go to. Mm-hmm. Colorado and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. What does that do to Kyle Dubas? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. See, I, I, I'm i the one that says that they're not going to make any changes. But that one, you have to, you would have to explore. No. No? Not I, even explore. Well, not interested. Well, hey, Chicago, th- tell act? Mark, thank you yes. very much. I'll get him passes to the CN Tower if he wants to come <laughs> with his family in the summer. But he's not... I'm I'm not trading for him. Well, if Chicago's like, yes, Mark Andre Fleury is a fifth rounder, then you're like, well, okay, you know, bring well, him over. But it's not going to be a fifth rounder, oh, is it? Yes, it's going to be cheap. Oh, I guess the contract's big. Did Did he not win the Vesna? He did. Okay, and tell me what Chicago gave up for him? Zero things. Thank you. <laughs> So he's not going to win the Vesna. So they it should be even better than zero. Zero, yeah. Where, where do you think it's going to be expensive? It was an expensive for Chicago. I guess it's Marc-Andre Fleury as a name, which it still was then. I would imagine there's other teams that are desperately seeking goaltenders. Are the Oilers interested? I guess it doesn't matter if Fleury's not. That's right. That's where Fleury goes not interested in Okay, now now, now we're talking. The only thing is is cap space. Are you... So they retain half. Yes. So maybe you got to pay for that. Yeah, you'll punch it over to a third team somewhere. Yeah. So... Like I said, if if Fleury shows interest in Toronto, yeah. you at least Gotta would have to it. explore it. Well, see, I was thinking that if the Leafs were going to trade their first or if they were going to trade Nick Robertson, I don't want it to be for a guy who might be 1% better than Jack Campbell or whatever. Yeah. Campbell over the last four years has a better save percentage than Fleury, who spent a lot of time in Vegas during that time, don't forget. So I'm not even sure he's better than Campbell. See, that's another thing as well, is like you're you're... you're if you go get Flurry, you're getting a reputation. You are, just like Nick Felino's reputation. Are you getting a better goaltender than the one you have? Eh. I've not I, watched I, Flurry enough on, well, on a on a yeah. Chicago Blackhawk team. I know it's tough to get a sense for it's it. It's really but hard to get a sense if, if he's up for the challenge. You know, he won the Vesna last year, and that's all everyone says. He won the Vesna. Do you remember he won the Vesna? He won the Vesna. Yeah, I remember the year before when he was a 905 playing for the same team. 
Anyone remember that? Or did that just not happen? And his Vesna was in 36 games he played. You know who was a Vesna caliber goalie for 36 games this year? Jack Campbell. Well, 26, yeah. we'll say. You know, like it's a run. He had a run of hot hockey. No doubt about it. Not taken away from the season last year. I'm just saying, I do not believe that he is today going to give you much better goaltending than Campbell. I know he's done See, it before. And I, I, I agree with you. I, and this is assuming Campbell doesn't yes. continue to be 890 Campbell, well, which I don't think he is. It was like we never assumed that he was going to be 940 Campbell in those first 35 games. He needs to find the, he's the not, harmony between the two. Which is 916. <laughs> sure. Come be that. Be that, and the Leafs can't complain that their goaltending let them down. Uh, second line, Tavares. We, we talked about yeah. Robertson, but specifically Tavares and Nylander. Are you seeing any signs that these guys are going to come back and, and, and provide that one-two punch that I think we saw earlier in the season that – had everyone talking about Neilander having a career year. Yeah, I, I just, I don't. It's frustrating because this is kind of it for William Neilander, is it not? Like, this is the age where if he were going to be something other than what he is, he would have found it, right? He had the great playoff series, started hot, and it was like, all right, Willie has found this new level. And it's like, no, nah, Neilander's still the same guy we thought he was, which is excellent and worth $7 million a year, and he scores goals, and great. But he's... There's nothing different there. So, I don't know. For you, you've seen anything more or less? Yeah, I'm concerned. Okay. I am concerned, and I'm concerned about Tavares. And he had a couple good chances in tight, and those will come for sure. And he will produce his points like he has in the past. Mm -hmm. The one thing that is apparently clear in this stretch for me is his foot speed. He's slow. And with that, his shots are way down. Shots per game are way down. So he's not so, getting into the areas he used to. And, uh, you you got to almost go back to that last pause in the season. Mm-hmm. Was it three weeks? Yeah. The last COVID shutdown. And I, I, I think it hurt him. It hurt his timing. It hurt his energy. Some people want to talk about the fact that uh, – he had Team Canada on his mind and that, you know, once that got canceled, maybe it sucked a little energy out of him, a little push, a little jam. Maybe just but the condensed schedule right now, too. I, I, I watch him and uh, two penalties last night. When was the last time you saw Tavares take two penalties? Yeah, no, and, not and great. He, he takes, I don't like the penalties he takes. Well, last night one for me was when you're, when you're not confident in your ability to get back, you kind of grab a guy, you kind of looking for some edges uh, to make up for a little bit of, uh, you know, lack of confidence in your foot speed. That's. Did you like Lilligren's penalty in the final three minutes or whatever it was? (laughs) What was that? Just full lasso on a guy. Was it holding? Was it? (laughs) (laughs) Double hand. He should have got four minutes for a double hold. But that. Yeah, I, I I think it's the speed right now that he's lost a little bit, and mm-hmm. like he's not, as we said, he's not a, a, it's not an easy stride that he has. He's not a natural skater. He doesn't glide like Mitch, right, and Austin, and still have that ability to go up and notch. Chops, wide tracker, and if he's if he's just a little bit off, I I think it uh, it's it's hurt his timing. It's hurt a lot. 
you know who did look good last night was the fourth line with Kerfoot playing with... Uh, See, I don't like it. You don't like it? No, eh? I don't like well, the fourth I, line. Well, I guess it's not prototypical fourth line. Yeah. It's more of a third line that construction. Was, and, and listen, great goal. Great. Okay. Nice but drop, great it, shot. I mean, Wayne Simmons, first point in two months? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Was it? Two and a half months? That's not good. Uh, not his role, you'd say, right? Not what he's brought here here to do. Is it yeah. part of it? But we need. <laughs> but if you're the Leaf Nation, we they're saying we need a. Yeah, we're hoping to get offense line. through with the lineup. Yeah. No, but that's see that's where it's. I got an issue. You don't want offense. You don't need it. No, no, that's not your role. Your role is well, energy. Then we don't care that he hasn't got a it's point ro- in two and a half months. But then you got to You can't play like your first line guys. Yeah. You can, it's all. All four lines cannot play the same. They all have to have different roles and different uh, mindsets. Mm-hmm. So, Spezza, 20 years in the league, 18 of them as a number one line type of guy. So, when you have a number one uh, mentality, a number one line mentality, you know you're going to be out there 17, 18 minutes during a game. I don't know what that equates to a number of shifts. So my ratio now to go try some high-end stuff and turn the puck yeah, over. Yeah, you can mess up a couple times. Big deal. I'll yeah. be out in another three minutes. I'll do it again. So I can toe drag, right? I can make the extra move. Yeah. I can turn the puck over, and it's okay. I, I'll... I'll, I'll know, be out there next time. The people are going to kick you off this show if you disparage Jason Spezza. That's not how fourth line guys are supposed to think. Jason Spezza is special. He's special. You remember him in the playoffs last year? Nasty. Big clapper. He's fighting guys now. He's dangling guys. He's making plays. He's making $309 a year or whatever his salary is. I, I mean, Spezza is. And then I special. I know he's not a fourth line guy, but he provides value. I I am absolutely fine with everything that you just said. And yes, he has been you've squeezed so much out of him. Yeah. You just but want someone around. It into is people. not a, a typical fourth line energy safe um type of look. Yeah, the the Blues fourth line when they won the cup has kind of become much sought after. The the way Tampa had their third line uh, much sought after these bottom level or bottom of the order guys who provide value. And to me, yeah. you generally find that on younger guys who forecheck like hell and get your pucks back and just go out there and sprint around for a couple shifts. I, you know, that you can get those guys on the cheap. Obviously, the Leafs are built differently, doing it differently. <laughs> Maybe this year is the year it's their time. I, as I've said to you before, they believe they were unlucky last year. And that if they play the same way, it'll be good enough to win. Yeah, I don't agree. That's the that's very like statistical thinking. Being like, ah, it'll come up. You know, odds will be in our favor at some that, point. With analytics, ah, you play roulette, right? Doesn't come up red every time. Sometimes it doesn't come up at all. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kerfoot uh, under ten minutes. I think uh, two games ago, Sheldon found a way to get him on. I think over fourteen minutes uh, last night. Of course, he got the goal with Spezza and Simmons on a front line 
skilled play. Yeah. It was a skilled goal. Really nice and, goal. And one, again, you don't necessarily see from your fourth line. It is funny that he played 15 minutes on the fourth line. You and I were texting last night. But he, he also pulled Robertson off a couple times and put him on. Yeah. In some key situations. Yeah, Robertson got 1230. We talked yesterday on the show about accountability and how Sheldon Keefe and um, Dubas and even the players themselves, there doesn't seem to be a lot of guys holding each other's feet to the fire when things aren't going great. Last night in Calgary, the best team in the West, uh, Colorado can quibble there, but um, Daryl Sutter put uh, Mangiapane on the fourth line. Yeah. I don't know if he played 10 minutes. Guy's got 29 goals already. He's on pace for 40. Played fourth line last night because Sutter hasn't liked him. And Sutter's actually made comments, like taking shots at him in the media about the other elements of his game. I mean, that's... I had last night um, a bit of a kind of a, you know, one of those bubble dreams Yeah, where Daryl Sutter is the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. And they ask him in his post-game concert, Willie's in Sweden how resilient at that point. Were the, was your team <laughs> last night? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and how much fun was it watching Austin and uh, Bunting argue over who got the goal on the bench? Yeah. Like, like it, think about the uh, different mindset if you had a Daryl Sutter behind the bench. Yeah, it's different. There's no doubt it's different. The coldest delivery of all time was when someone told him, like, hey, Johnny Goodrow's going to play his 500th career game tomorrow, and Sutter goes, well, I hope he's got more energy than his 499th. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh. you, a few nights ago, they asked him about the cushion in the standings. Yeah. He goes, cushion. you know about cushions? Yeah, cushions yeah. are... <laughs> you get a hole in it. All like of a sudden, full of feathers. What are you saying? If you yeah. lose the feathers, it's flat. <laughs> There's no cushion. He was great. I mean, I, I generally think he does his own form of whining through his funny delivery, but he's a he's a different guy. Uh, should we get into muzzin skating today? Because mm-hmm. so like this is how bad social media is, right? As soon as the the news comes out on muzzin. Now you start looking at social media and some of the comments is they're like, no, no, stay in a dark room. Because right. like, they can't use his cap space, cause right? Because they, they like, let's go get a, a, a $4 million or $5 million player. Yeah. And they all think that you can't get one if he, he comes back. Like, that's how bad it is. It is. It is all a warped thing. And this is the salary cap does that. People shouldn't even have to think about it. But it, he is a huge part If this team is going to win a Stanley Cup, Jake Muzzin is going to be a big part of it, right? He's going to be a pivotal piece of that. A second pair, shut down, big minutes. When the Leafs are up 2-1, to by the way, do you know they're going to have to win games by one goal in the playoffs? It's going to happen at some point. Who do you want over the boards? Like, go through your list, and it's like, give me Muzzin and Brody. That's my full list of people I want to see come over the boards defending a one-goal lead in the final minute. And we were all under the assumption before Muzzin went down that they need another guy like that. And Labushkin has been pretty darn good. I've really enjoyed him. He tried to murder someone last night with a open ice hit. I think he's missed three of those since he's been a Maple Leaf. Um, But yeah, I mean, you talk about guys clearing out the front of the net. There's a great highlight I think a lot of people are thinking of where eliminate the bodies. That's allowed. I heard yesterday that he was riding the bike. Uh, today we saw him on the ice, Muzz, uh, yeah. a, a Jake Muzzin, a, a good sign. But as someone that has gone down this path before, mm-hmm. it, it, it is really no indication still. Like it's, 
It is. Is a, it it's a, a test? Start. Is it's it a test start of an indication that you do feel well enough to get out of bed. You feel well enough to get into a car, drive to the rink, put your equipment on. That's great. But when we're dealing with what he's gone through in, in two, in less than a month, mm-hmm. there's 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 nothing to indicate that he'll be ready to play in two or three weeks or even a yeah. month from now. And I would think that... Uh, must this be is awful. just the beginning of a process that they're, they're still going to take their time on. It's got to be an awful feeling. Like, you know, you, you, I've seen teammates I, I try did. to come back and then they, they're queasy after exercise. When I went down uh, with my fight with Ryan Vandenbush, the first thing I wanted to do is try to get back on the ice. Yeah. And then when I did, I'm like, yeah, it's not such a good idea. No. And then I... I shut it down again. What, but, what, is, what did that feel like? Like, is that like cobwebs or you feel sick or? Yeah, lethargic yeah. and uh, off balance and yeah. like uh, things are in slow motion. Yeah. You're just like underwater a bit. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. Huh? No, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, uh, uh, yeah, it's fair. Like yeah. you are, you know, you're you're trying to move your arm as quick as you can, and it's moving at, at, right. uh, at the pace of uh, being underwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it is good that he's feeling to the point where he's able to test it out. Oh, I didn't realize the time. We uh, I have to do this read, and we have to get to Allison. You got a contest for us, JB? Hey, for real, people listening, this is an awesome contest. Sometimes I read stuff, and I'm like, oh, enjoy your, <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your tickets to that Marley's game on a Tuesday afternoon. But no offense to Marley's, who I love. But uh, <laughs> this is an awesome contest. Oh, they're going to love you in yeah. sales. Yeah. Molson Canadian Rivalry Train Contest. Leafs fans, we have an amazing contest for you. Oh, I already said all this. Two tickets to see the Leafs play the Habs in Montreal on Saturday, March 26th in the Bell Centre, plus a round-trip train ticket from Montreal to or Toronto to Montreal and a night in a hotel. So they will take you on a train, put you up in a hotel, free tickets to a Habs game. Bam. What you have to do? Listen to Real Kipper and Born for a daily password. Enter it online at our contest page on sportsnet.ca slash 590. Today's password is Matthews. This contest runs through Monday, March 21st. You must be 19 plus in Ontario to enter. Free peanuts on the train? No peanuts. You got to pay for peanuts. I know. All right. We still like the contest.